Welcome to Mysteries and Mimosas, and thank you for listening in to Mystery Monday. My name is Max Sterling, and I'm here with my co-host, your co-host, Arya Sterling. Hi, everyone. Hey, Arya. So recently, we decided to try something a little bit different for Mystery Monday. Yeah, since Mystery Monday is a shorter episode designed to raise awareness to cases with very little information, we decided to bring you two cases. Exactly. So we each took time to research a case in order to bring you more mystery and hopefully more mimosa. But before we get started, we need your help. Please do us a huge favor and head on over to our Instagram page, at Mysteries and Mimosas Podcast, and click like and share. You can also support us by following our Mysteries and Mimosas Facebook page. We would love to hear your feedback, good or bad, and interact with you so that we can continue bringing you weekly episodes the way you want it. And if you haven't seen the cocktail glasses that we use on our show, Dragon Glassware has graciously agreed to give you, our listeners, a 10% discount off your entire order, simply by entering the promo code Mysteries and Mimosas Podcast. So if you're interested in picking up your own set of cocktail glasses, please support us by entering that promo code so we can raise our glasses in style together. So, Arya, who do you want to go first? You want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll let you go first today. Okay. Today I bring you the missing person case of Shamika Cozy. Shamika Cozy went missing only a few days after Christmas on December 30th, 2008 from Berkeley, Missouri. Shamika was 16 years old at the time of her disappearance, and today she would be 31 years old. According to Shamika's mother, Paula Hill, Shamika's cousin picked her up from Paula's house to have a sleepover. Having a sleepover at her cousin's house was a common occurrence, and her cousin lived nearby only a town away from Paula. According to Paula, Shamika and her cousin stayed awake until about 1.30 a.m. watching movies. Shamika fell asleep on her cousin's couch, and when Shamika's aunt woke up the next morning, Shamika was nowhere to be found. Shamika's aunt noticed the front door was unlocked and Shamika's purse and jacket were missing. However, Shamika's clothes and overnight bag were still inside the house. Hmm. So that makes me think, just on the surface, that... She left. I mean, she took her jacket and her purse with her, and she had the intention of coming back because she left all the rest of her belongings there. Right. I mean, we can assume that she left and took those items with her. I mean, but really, what do we know? When we look at the facts, Shamika's gone, her purse is gone, and her jacket's gone. So that's an assumption. Yeah, I would agree with that. It indicates that she left voluntarily. It also indicates to me that she left voluntarily with the intention to return. But why did she leave? That we don't know. Right. I wonder if she knew anybody in that town. Was she supposed to meet anyone? I also wonder if the door was locked when they all went to bed. I would assume that it would be locked. I don't know what kind of town they're living in, how safe the neighborhood is or anything. I mean, some people sometimes forget to lock the door. But assuming that the door was locked when they went to bed and her purse is missing her jacket's missing, and the door's unlocked when they wake up. You know, the purse, people don't want to leave without their purse. Mm -hmm. You know, might have uh, money in it, you know, whatever the case is, they might want to take that to have that with them. It, It contains their personal belongings, right? Right. The jacket, it's December, she probably doesn't want to be cold, so she grabs her jacket and she leaves. Was somebody there to pick her up in a car? Was she you know, planning on sneaking out and meeting up with somebody that nobody knows about? Or was she just, 
you know, getting up and going for a walk. We don't know. I wonder if she had a cell phone at the time. Nothing indicates that she had a cell phone at the time, and I would imagine that if she did have a cell phone at that time, that investigators have followed those leads and pinged those cell phones, and that information's not available to us. But, you know, I'm getting this information, very basic information, from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and from NamUs. It's the National Association for Missing and Unidentified Persons. Got it. I know. I know these cases don't have a lot of information, which is why we do them on Mystery Monday, but I can't help but ask these questions. Everything that we've talked about is exactly what Paula believes. Paula believes even if Shamika left voluntarily, Shamika had every intention to return. And as we've discussed before, nobody knows our loved ones as well as family, especially in this case. Nobody knows Shamika as well as her mom. Paula knows that this disappearance is out of character for Shamika because Shamika would never leave her family and stay gone for this long without letting Paula know. Shamika is described as an African-American female, 5 foot 4 inches, 135 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Shamika has pierced ears and goes by the nickname Mika, short for Shamika. If you have any information about Shamika Cozy or her disappearance, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at one 800 the Lost. That's 1-800-843-5678. Or you can contact the Berkeley Police Department at 314-524-3311. So that wraps up my Mystery Monday case. And I really hope if anybody's listening, they have some information for Shamika that they can share with us or, you know, bring some closure to the family on this one. That's a long time to go without knowing what happened to your daughter. Absolutely. So what do you have for us? Today I have one of the oldest cold case missing cold, missing persons cold cases out of Montana. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Today I have one of the oldest missing persons cold cases out of Montana. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. So this is the case of Susan Elizabeth Pearson. Susan was born on October 1st, 1935, which would make her 88 years old today. She was 30 years old when she went missing back on March 13th of 1966. She was originally from Portland, Oregon, but had gone through a divorce and was now living in Missoula, Montana. Susan was an instructor of business administration at the University of Montana, and she was actually working toward her doctorate at the time as well. Well, that's really impressive, especially for that time. Yeah. Susan was last seen on the campus of the university. After she disappeared, her car was found abandoned on a downtown Missoula street, with her purse, ID, and her car keys inside. A search revealed her apartment was undisturbed as well. Susan was supposed to turn in her doctoral thesis just days after she disappeared. She was also scheduled to administer a final exam to her students, which she never showed up for. Additionally, Susan never picked up her last two paychecks, which totaled $1,200. Which, back then, $1,200 is quite a substantial amount of money in 1966. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a lot of money. For some reason, and I can't find out, I, I can't figure out why, but authorities believe Susan was killed in the Blue Mountain area. So I looked up what the Blue Mountain area is, and it's the western landmark of the city of Missoula. 
It's a recreational area for hiking, ATVing, all those kinds of things. I guess there's like disc golf and, and all kinds of things that happen out there. Um, nope, nothing has ever been found that I could find in that area, so I don't know why authorities believe that. Um, but it is still an open investigation. So is the Blue Mountain area right there by Missoula? I mean, I know you said it's... It's the western landmark of the city of Missoula. Yeah, I'm just curious how far away from, like, downtown Missoula. I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine it's very far. It's probably just on the western edge of the town. Oh, okay. Susan is described as a Caucasian female with blonde slash red hair and brown eyes. Susan has dark-colored blemishes on her cheeks, and she wears a size 6 shoe. She's, That's pretty small. Yeah, she is small. She's described as between 4'11 and 5'1 and about 97 pounds. She was wearing a green three-quarter length coat with two large hand pockets and a plaid lining, slacks, and two diamond rings on the third finger of her right hand. One has a small diamond in a yellow gold setting, and the other has a large diamond in a white gold setting. Her family did hire a former FBI agent as a private investigator, but there's been no leads or information since that time. Okay. I find it interesting that she just up and vanishes. So she, she vanishes. I mean, the last time that she's seen, she's on the campus. Right. She's not seen again, but her car is found downtown. Yes, with all of her possessions inside, as far as her purse, her ID, and the car keys, everything was inside. That's vastly different than Shamika. Shamika's items were gone, but never found. Susan's items were found in her car right. by themselves. So that indicates that, you know, like Shamika, we can assume that she left voluntarily because those items, those personal belongings were, you know, taken with her or missing. Whereas in Susan's case... You know, they're, they're left behind. The only right. thing that's missing is Susan. Right. And, you know, anything's possible, right? We don't know whether she walked away voluntarily or, you know, somebody took her against her will. If she walked away voluntarily, though, she had two paychecks coming with $1,200. You'd think that'd be pretty helpful if somebody's trying to just walk away and start a new life and not tell anybody. That they'd want those checks. You'd think so. but. Yeah. I don't know. There was no evidence of foul play. No evidence that she was forced or taken against her will. Well, and conversely, there's no evidence of absence of foul play either. Right. And what I mean by that is there's no evidence at all. Exactly. She was uh, allegedly supposed to uh, proctor her student's final exam that afternoon, and she just never showed up, which... That's, that seems pretty abrupt. I mean, if she was planning on just walking away, I mean, wouldn't she have done it maybe at a different time? I, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she would have showed up for class for sure yeah. to, to proctor the exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying the normal person's behavior, if you're going to disappear, you're going to take your money with you. You're going to take your purse with you. Yeah. Maybe you would ditch your car. I don't think that she's just up and gone and in the wind. Where would she go? Where would she start a new life? No. Everything indicates that something happened to her. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, it's been, what is that, 57 years or so that, she, that she's that she been missing? I don't know 
how many of her family members are still alive at this at this time. Um, I know she had siblings and a mom and dad, but she herself would be 88 now, so I don't know how how much of her family is left. Yeah, it is extremely sad that after all these years, there's been no resolution in Susan's case. If anyone has any information on the disappearance of Susan Elizabeth Pearson, you can reach out to the Missoula Police Department at 406-552-6300. And don't forget to check us out at mysteriesandmimosas.net for the source material for this episode, as well as pictures and other information. So join us as we lift our glasses to toast to the life of Shamika and Susan. Cheers. Cheers. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't be doing that. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully you're in the comfort of your own home where you can lift your glasses. In which case, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.